0: welcome to remnant christian centers podcast we hope you're encouraged by this message so i started something called peace on purpose say on purpose and man this place was lit up last week i mean it was it was amazing and just for review uh just for review uh, we we talked about last week why it was on purpose because you could get the peace of god in your life through struggle or through striving, right? You, you pray a lot and you, and, you, and you whine a lot and then finally you get to a place where you're just exhausted and you have some sort of sense of peace. But there's some, most of us get a, a peace that is temporary, right? But last week we talked about peace on purpose. In other words, you're, you're actually going to sleep and having peace on purpose and it's not happening just because you're praying for five hours. That's good. I'm going to address that. Give me a second. And we talked about the story of Jesus um, going, the main story, and this is going to be a quick review. Uh, then we're going to get our Bibles out and we're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 in the NIV. All right. And uh, we talked about Jesus going in a boat, listen to me, a popular verse. But here's what people don't see. He got in the boat and, and, and he said, let us go to the other, other side of the lake. And we talked about those for you who weren't here, if you remember, is that we missed that part because he, he didn't say, let's go in the boat and go into the middle of the lake. Or let's go in the boat and let's sail around the lake. Let's go in the boat and we are going to go to the other side of the lake. That's why he was able to sleep during a storm. And you know how I know it's on purpose? Because my man Jesus grabbed a pillow and a cushion and he said, I'm not going to only sleep, I won't be comfortable while I sleep. Do you see the difference? I'm not going to only have peace. I'm going to do it on purpose. While everything is raging around me, I know there's a storm coming, and I'm going to be sound asleep. And the reason he could do it is because the Bible says, whatever comes out my mouth shall not return void to me. So if Jesus said we're going to go to the other side, then he knew we're eventually going to get there, no matter what the struggle in between. Can I hear an amen? We also talked about the, <laughs> this is where this place went crazy. The, the, the Greek word, because I talked about that the Lord needing to give us bow pau Sometimes he gives bow pau to the storm, but sometimes he gives pau-pau, a Spanish term for a little spanking, to his children, right, to correct us from our, our, our going crazy because the disciples were going crazy. Don't you think? Hey, listen, look at the storms. Don't you care that we're dying? The Greek word for silence, be still, or peace, be still, is sia-pau. S-I-A, bow. sia sia bao. And you know what the siya bow means <laughs> in the Greek? It literally means shutting someone up, a baby up, as if he's ha- uh, having a tantrum and bringing him into silence. So when Jesus said, Peace, be still, silence, he was saying, Enough of your tantrum, pa <laughs> pao. That's on purpose. Can I hear an amen? Now, now, I want, you to, I want you to hone in on me because what I'm going to talk about today is going to really set a lot of you free, but it's going to disturb some of you. If you do a Google search or a YouTube search, now, which I didn't, but I, I, got, I, I liked statistics. So I got this from statistics, statistics. If you do a Google search or a YouTube search on some of the most needed or most watched topics sermons, the top three uh, sermons, when you Google it, has to do with part two what i'm doing because if i'm going to address peace on purpose i have to address the obstacles to peace and that is anxiety and that is worry it got quiet up in here one of the number one searched sermons of christians all over the united states is sermons on anxiety sermons on worry what does that tell you and i that that anxiety is one of the greatest obstacles that seeks to rob the peace of God in our life. And I don't know about you, but whenever we don't have the peace of God in our minds and in our emotions, we get miserable and we make other people miserable. When we don't have the peace of God, things are going crazy when everything is calm. It's going crazy inside our minds, it's going crazy inside our emotions. Do you want me to preach this morning? First, I'm going to help you today. I'm going to preach good, but I'm going to help you because this is a topic that, that is so powerful, yet no one really addresses it in the church. Now, I'm going to address it from a spiritual standpoint. I want to make a disclaimer. I am not a doctor. I am not a neurologist. And so there are real issues of those things that happen. And I know prayer could solve a lot, and I know the word could solve a lot, but I know the Lord also uses medicine and uses doctors. But, everybody say but if we're if you're going to see in my message that we say me contribute a lot to our anxiety are you ready for this are you ready i'm going to bring i'm bringing healing to you here it goes. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, 11 in the NIV. I want everyone to look at this with me. It's a popular scripture, but I want you to see it in the NIV. It says something very specific in the NIV, and I'll tell you why. Humble yourself, therefore, under, the mighty, uh, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him. And we'll say that again. Some of you need to, to, to look at this. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is interesting. All right? Keep going. Be alert. Now, I've read this a million times, but I got a new revelation of this. Do you know that the being alert and sober is not just a general term? We, pre- we preachers be that all the time. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be alert. For your adversary, the devil, roams around like a what? Roaring Lion, we've heard that, right? Do you know that the context of that is concerning casting anxiety and dealing with anxiety? Do you know the context of this verse It's not just, hey, I just bumped my head and I just want to warn you about this enemy that roams around like a roaring lion. Yeah, he roams around like a roaring lion to, to give lust and to give anger. But in this particular church or, or spiritual community that Peter is talking to, he's actually addressing the, the number one issue in this spiritual community. And he's saying, be sober, be alert, because your adversary, the devil, is roaring around like a roaring lion, watching, seeking who may devour. With fear, worry, and anxiety. This is what he's called because the verse before he's saying, "Cast your anxiety on him." Right, and then he says, "Be alert, be sober." Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour with anxiety, with fear, with worry. All right, come on, somebody, look at verse. Look at verse nine. Look at verse 9, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers, oh I love this, throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Look at me, there is hope, you're not alone. He's like, hey listen, there's a lot of believers also suffering from this worry, from this fear. I want to encourage you to cast it, watch this, look at the, the, the next two verses here. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power and the glory forever. Amen. Can I hear an amen? So he comes, Peter comes into this church and this community of believers, and he's writing to them because he notices a pattern, a pattern of the enemy's attack of worry and anxiety. Now, I'm not going to, uh, we're a family, I'm not going to, to try to embarrass you or anything, but if I were to ask who occasionally as a believer suffers with anxiety, first of all, people don't even know what anxiety is. But those who do, you will know that it is not a restful, peaceful place in your life. As a matter of fact, I want you to see this. Every time you see anxiety, there's no peace. And, but every time there's peace, there's no anxiety. Every time there's worry, there is no peace in the home, in your mind, in your emotions. It's uh, running around 100 miles an hour. And sometimes anxiety is not so much what's happening in your life. Are you ready for this? It's how you think about what's happening in your life. So anxiety grips and traps people on a daily basis, not so much because of just the things that are happening, which is true, but sometimes is about the way we think things are happening, watch this, or are going to happen that haven't even happened yet. Anxiety builds up, and let me just say this uh, as, a, as a foundation. Anytime you look at the definition in the Bible of fear... I want you to write this down, of worry and of of cares or anxiety. They all have a common denominator definition which all kind of blend and kind of mean the same. So when when you see the words fear, when you see the word cares, when you see the word worry, worry and anxiety are like twin brothers and sisters that were inseparable from the room. By definition, they act the same way. Hello? Hello? Anytime you're anxious, you're worried. Just think about that. Anytime you're worried, you have a little bit of anxiety. It has the same feeling. I say that because I don't want you to think when, we, when Jesus harps on the word worry or the Lord harps on the word fear, that is something different. It's a little bit different in the context, but in the overall picture, it feels the same way. Have you ever been really anxious and really confident at the same time? That's why fear is synonymous with anxiety. And fear and worry is about a thousand thoughts in your emotions going on to this. And the obstacle of peace on purpose is anxiety, worry, and fear. So when we fail to have peace in our emotions, we will have, we, we will have a miserable attitude towards God. We'll have a miserable attitude. Why? Why? Because peace is a powerful force. Peace is something that is not just hunky-dory. It's a powerful force to have the peace of God in our life. Because I, I, I tell you this, I wrote this down. I look, look, look it up on the screen here. Peace is the only thing we are craving for every time we start to feel anxiety and worry rising up inside of us. Look at that. What is, what is, what is your deep-down hope? Without saying anything to anybody, when your thoughts, because it starts in your mind, when your thoughts are running over and over again about how you, a certain situation in your life is going to turn out. And sometimes it hasn't even happened yet, but you're thinking so much about it that it creates worry. It recreates fear. And watch what happens. What is the inner craving for anybody who's having those episodes in those minds? They want peace and calmness. Not just in their home, in their mind and in their emotion. Am I talking to somebody? Because when the peace of God eludes us, when we don't have peace on purpose and we don't go after the things that are inhibiting and robbing our peace of mind and our emotions, whether it's your job, whether it's your family, whether it's a, a friendship, or whether it's a relationship, something in your life is causing you to panic. Something is causing you, you to overthink things. And please, when I say this, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just trying to tell you how anxiety works. You know why? Because I know, I know it for myself. I don't, I don't suffer it from every day, but I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to think about things that haven't even happened yet. And then my heart, you know what happens when we fail to have the peace of God and, and, and we let anxiety in? It will open up the doors to all kinds of sickness and ailments in your body. It will be an open door, without a snoring, for digestive problems. I feel the Holy Spirit. For, for heart problems. For, for all kind, lack of sleep. Some of you love Jesus with all your heart, but you haven't had sleep, well sleep. You know what the Bible says? He gives his beloved sleep. And you know what the Bible says in Psalms? It says, I will go to rest and I will go and, sl- and sleep in peace for the Lord is with me. Perfect peace. Say peace. So, so why do I say peace on purpose? Because when peace eludes us, it gives birth to an anxious reality in our life. When when uh, when it, it it eludes us, we need to re- re- replay those thoughts of negative thoughts in our minds because anxiety will almost lie to you to replay those things in your mind and in your emotions. And I know this is really elementary, what I'm about to say, and I know you heard it, but I I used to say this to my kids when they were suffering anxiety or fear or worry. I said, fear is F-E-A-R, is false evidence appearing real. Now, I know some of you have heard that before and and you say that, but if you convince yourself that some of the things that we're thinking about haven't even happened yet and we're worried about it, then we're going to have peace. Listen, in order for us to have peace on purpose, we have to address the obstacles of peace. The obstacles of peace is worry. You're not saying amen. It's okay. I know it's striking home. This is not a shouting message. This is a healing message. You're going to get healed this morning. And my prayer for you is that the cycles that you're going through will snap when you apply the word of God in, into your life. Can I hear an amen? And so uh, the synonym of anxiety is the cares or heavy baggage. That's the synonym. Synonym of of anxiety is baggage. Heavy baggage or uh, weight. Hello? Hello? So the synonym, if you look up the the synonym of anxiety is literally, literally, by definition, heavy, weighty, loads. That's the synonym or cares. Anytime, uh, most of us read that opening scripture all our life through the King James, which is cast your cares, right? Cares and anxiety mean the same thing, which is heavy loads, heavy burdens. Now, now the Greek definition for anxiety, put this up. Watch this. The Greek word definition for anxiety is this. I know you're listening because the Lord is touching you. Please apply this. Watch this. This is You can look it up. To be distracted and drawn in different directions through being overly concerned or worried about something. Wow. Listen, Listen. you can look it up in the Greek. In the Greek, in 1 Peter, in that, in that uh, verse, verse Peter, chapter 5 and 6, where it says anxiety is also the word care. When you read all the definitions and combine them, it's to be distracted and drawn in different directions through, through being overly concerned or worried about something. Can I just say something that I just got a revelation of when I got that revelation? Martha was anxious. Because she was troubled and worried about so many things. And, G, and the answer to anxiety in that, in that scenario was sitting at Jesus' feet for a long time. Not, not, not for a little bit, but for, to, to calm all the noise. Calm all the thoughts in your head. You desperately need alone time with Jesus. And, and, and I, heard, I heard someone say this one time, there's a cool thing, and I, I want to copy it because I, I, I saw it one time uh, like several months ago. There's a cool thing about this phone, uh, if you have iPhone, it's like in the, in the side button there, you can do this, right? You do, that's Siri, sorry. You do this, and then you do that, and it turns off. The reason I say that is because sometimes our devices, our news, the media, the phone is the biggest distraction and contributor to anxiety in your life. Because the world is trying to make us mirror something that is not real for our lives. You think Social media is through the book. There were times that the Lord had to rebuke me that I couldn't even pray in my, cl- in my prayer closet without having a phone. Light up or buzz all the time. And guess what I do? Maybe it's important and I will look at it. That is distraction. And then I'll get a bad news from somebody and then I'll I'll start getting. Because by nature, I'm a fixer. I want to fix things. So when things are going wrong with people, I want to fix it. And the Holy Spirit says, you're not the fixer. I am. Let me just give you a little, a little clue about how to, there's so many layers to this. If you want to stop less of your anxiety, stop trying to fix everything in your life. Stop trying to fix yourself, everything in your family. Let the Lord do what you cannot do. When I used to work at Benny Hinn's ministry, I used to go up the stairs every time, and I'm looking at Rubik's Cube in this way, so... <laughs> I, I would go up the stairs and in and in, uh, when, uh, when I would go to Benny Hinn's ministry, when I would like clock in years ago in the 90s, I would see this picture and there was, it was a still shot of two basketball players reaching high in, in, a, in a tip off and the ball was like to the roof and they were at their highest point of their, of their uh, jump and the ball seemed miles away. In the bottom it said, do all you could do and God will do all that you can't do. They jumped but they could only jump so far. When it comes to fear, worry and anxiety, you must look at some of the contributors. Watch this. Don't don't hate me that you are doing. That you are doing. That you are allowing so that you replay things in your mind over and over and over again. When anxiety and worry strikes us, our hearts and minds are far away from the stability and calmness that only the peace of God could bring. Look at that slide. Look at that slide, Zach. Put that up. Take a picture of this. When anxiety and worry strikes us, are you getting anything this morning? Our hearts and minds are far away from the stability and calmness that only the peace of God can bring us. Let me just give you a clue. They say don't go shopping when you're hungry. Don't make decisions when you're anxious and worried. Because you're going to make some decisions in your life. You're going to make some decisions in your family. You're going to make some decisions in your business or your ministry. When you Listen, every time anxiety has tried to come upon me when it comes to the finances of the church, thank God for the peace of God and the peace of God in the form of PK. Glory to God. I'm serious. I'm like, what are we going to do? $20,000. Oh and, and the enemy will seek the, the, the needs of the church to overwhelm me. And if I'm not careful, I can make a foolish decision. And cut off certain things that are needed because of my anxiety. Because everything, listen, listen, everything in us wants to stop the anxiety. So we use fleshly methods or, or, or worry or spontaneous reactions to situations to make us make a decision. And I love PK. First, there's a peace of God. That's number one. Then PK goes, it's going to be all right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. He goes, trust me. Trust me, it's going to be all right. And I'm like, PK, say it's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. But if you think it's funny, he walks on purpose with peace. The building could be on fire and I'll be running around. He's like, it's going to be all right. The firefighter's going to be here any moment. I'm like, it's burning. It's going to be all right. What if everyone on purpose sought to act that way when all hell goes loose in our life? How would your heart feel? How would your mind feel? How would your prayer life be? How would your worship life be? How would your attitude towards your coworkers be when all hell is breaking loose and you're having anxiety and you say, it's all going to be well? What if you start confessing that Like I'm learning to do and start confessing that. And guess what? Every time I confess that, two things happens. Eventually, I feel the peace of God on purpose coming at me. And then eventually, we get some sort of breakthrough. Like in a week later or a day later, someone someone randomly sends a check that helps pay off something. Glory to God. The Lord is our source, not our fears. Circumstances will cause you to be anxious. Say, circumstances will cause me... To be anxious. So Peter's primary focus in, this, in coming to this church is to, to tell us that oftentimes the attacks of the enemy manifest itself in anxiety. Are you listening? So what I want you to see is I want you to see Jesus is so, so determined to tackle this issue in our lives that in the Sermon on the Mount... In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and onward, he dedicates, are you ready? This is going to bring a lot of peace to you. He dedicates 10 verses just to talk about not worrying. Many of us are worrying about something that is never going to happen. But some of us are anxious and worried about our present or near future. And sometimes our past situations could contribute to anxiety. But guys, I want to tell you something that's going to set you free today. You and I can never overcome anxiety unless we're intentional and responsible to identify the factors that are contributing to our anxiety. If we just say, Lord, take care of it, most of the time that is not going to solve your anxiety. There has to, you have to look, and I'm going to go fast, but in Matthew chapter 6, because of time, I'm not going to read it, but he, he, Jesus says, don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. Why are you worrying about that? Don't you see the birds in the air, and they, and they fly, and they, and they, and they, and they sow, and, 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 and the grass of the field, and yet your heavenly Father raised them? Why are you worried? Do you think Jesus said, do you think it's going to add a little inch or cubit to your stature? Like, are you thinking you're going to grow by worrying? Think about what, uh, the insanity of worry and anxiety. We actually think that that's going to solve the problem. And Jesus is like, that's not going to solve your dilemma. It's actually going to make it worse. Jesus dedicates 10 verses. Look at that. I'm not going to read it because of time. He, 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 he dedicates 10 verses to address anxiety, fear, and worry. Say that with me. Say anxiety, fear, and worry. And tries to rob us from having peace on purpose. Because Jesus knows, watch this, I'm going somewhere. Don't, don't, don't tune me out because it's an important message. And if you have lunch, postpone it until a little bit while, okay? Listen, the word is more important right now. Now watch this, now watch this. I'm going to really set you free. I want everyone to buckle your seatbelts because I'm about to make a powerful statement. All right? Do you know the number one most repeated command command in all of the bible the number one repeated most repeated command command in all the bible is not it's not uh, do not commit adultery that's a command it's not you shall not lie that's a command it's not you need to pray or you need to have faith all those are good commands do you know the number one the number one command in all the bible fear not the most repeated command in the Bible, when you look at the King James, is fear not. Jesus always has. The Lord had always throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Fear not. I am with you. Fear not. Don't worry, son. I am with you. When you walk through the waters, I'll be there. It will not touch you. Do not worry about what you eat. Do not worry about what, you, what your business is. Do not worry about your business. Be anxious for nothing. Do not worry. Watch this. Over 200 times. In the Bible, the command, fear not, is released from the Lord. Why do you think, are you ready for this? Why do you think that is the number one command? Because that's probably the number one problem. That God knew that humanity would face in, their, in this life is worry, anxiety, and fear. Now, we either pretend... Like that's not hitting us from time to time. Or we could humble ourselves and say, I need to apply something in my life so that I can watch this have peace on purpose. And it feels so good. Peace feels good. You don't know that you need peace until you have peace. When You, could, you know how many people I talk to you and they say, I, I have insomnia, I can't sleep at night. Now, sometimes insomnia is about other issues, but most of the time, insomnia is about what we're thinking about over and over, and your brain can't turn off. You know what the Lord says to you? This is going to be deep. Sleep, rest, be at peace, because everything is going to be all right. Those things are going to be there tomorrow maybe, but how you react to it is a different scenario. Listen to this. God is saying, don't fret. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. I got your back. I got your back, and I want, listen, I am the prince of peace on purpose. I love that he was not the prince of power, even though he's powerful. He's not just the prince of greatness or majesticness, if that's a word. He's the prince of peace. He doesn't have peace. He is peace. So when we're anxious... Always know that anxiety first, always remember this, starts in your mind. And the Bible says, whatever we think we are, how a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So then you start developing an identity of being afraid and worried all the time. Why? Because eventually it will become part of who you are. Say amen. Amen. Now, uh, I'm going to end with three practical ways, there's probably more, three or four practical ways on how to have peace on purpose and how to overcome anxiety and worry. All right? Some of them you're going to know kind of already, but I want you to stay with me. Are you getting anything this morning? Peace on purpose is necessary for your walk with God. If I were to do a poll and said, how many really love the feeling of just not worrying about anything? Do you know that that's actually reality that we could attain? But it's so foreign in the church that it's like, oh, that, that, I've never seen anybody like that. I've seen a few people like that. They're just like, you know what? Now, now I'm going to say something that, I, that this is not in my, in my notes, okay? This is for free here for you. Whenever we worry or constantly suffer from anxiety, even if it's something that's very painful, what we're literally saying is that I don't trust the Lord enough I don't have trust in the Lord enough and his power. I don't trust his power enough. I'm going to focus more on my situation than in trusting the Lord. Because if we worry, we're basically saying I'm focusing more on the problem than the solution. That's why the Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Watch this. I love this. Don't lean on your anxious understanding your fearful understanding, your humanistic understanding, and all things acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Can I hear an amen for that? Now watch. Now watch this. I want you to, to look at number one. Look at point number one. Some practical ways. Dis- disciplining yourself. Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm at number one. Knowing how... Okay, so. so The practical way to overcome anxiety is, number one, knowing how detailed, I love this, the Lord feels for us and how detailed he knows where we are at. Now, why do I say that? There's something so peaceful and comforting to know that the Lord is not forgetting where we're at in life. That he's very intentional saying, I know exactly the the condition and the whereabouts of where you're at. Not just your location physically. I know the location that you are spiritually with me. That's why when, when God came to Adam and asked him, where are you? He didn't say it because he didn't know where he was. Are you talking about an all-knowing God saying, "I don't know where Adam is because I just lost my boy. Where is he at?" And, and Michael, Gabriel, do you know where he's at? I can't. I don't know. I don't know. I just can't see him. He goes, "Where are you with me?" That's what he's saying. He goes, "Where are you?" He knew he's saying, "Where are you?" Where's your watch? this, watch this. This go preach. Where's your spiritual location? Where's your Where's your spiritual GPS this morning? Are you off in some sort of anxiety route? Are you, are you taking some side routes because you don't want to take the main road and confront issues and confront anxiety and confront things that are, that are stopping your peace? Or do you just want a magic, puffed magic dragon type of God that just waves his hand and everything's going to be all right? I have news for you. We've got to deal with our anxiety in the biblical way. All right. So the first thing, look at the scripture. Oh, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Look at Knowing how detailed the Lord feels about us will help overcome anxiety. Look at, look at a couple of verses. I'm going to be real quick, and then I'm going to have the worship team come up. And point number two, I'm going to have the worship team come up. Psalm 40, verse 5. Watch this. Watch this, guys. Watch this. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Many, are, many oh, Lord, my God. Right, someone turn my phone on. Many, may, many, many. O oh Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. And your, watch this, watch this, watch, watch, watch. And your thoughts towards me or us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare your, or, and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Look at real quick Psalm 139. And I'll tell you why I'm reading this. I'll tell you why I'm reading this. Psalm 139, verse 17 and 18. Look at where it says, how precious also are your thoughts Towards me, oh God, how great is them. Watch this now. This is going to make sense. If I should count them, they will be more in number than the sand or the grains of sand. When I awake, watch this, I am with you. Why is this important? Because pe- when, pe- when anxiety hits us, the first feeling that we feel is that we're all alone. Yeah. Hear me, hear me. When, when, when anxiety and worry strikes you. Maybe not you, but me. I know no one in this room struggles with that. When anxiety strikes you, the first thing that the enemy will convince you is you're battling this thing all by yourself. I looked up in the Google. I, cu- I couldn't believe it. The Holy Spirit says, "Google how much sand grains are in a scoop of a hand." A hand. I'm like, no way, I, I need to Google that. So I, I Googled and I read some blogs. I'm talking about my hand is not that big. So maybe it's just a slightly bigger hand, right? A scoop of sand. Do you know how many grains of sand they say is in a scoop? Over a million. Scientists say that if they, they did some sort of calculations with a 0. .005 grain size, he says the size of a, 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 a probably a bigger hand, one scoop. Of sand from the ocean is a million. The Bible says it's more than the sands of the sea. Is thoughts towards us. The Bible says the very hairs on your head. Some of them have little hair. Some of you got a lot. But I'm not talking about baldness. (laughs) The follicles that used to be there. He counts them. How many of you parents, when you see your child and they're going through something, you say, baby, come over here. I know, I know you're okay. Listen, I love you so much that that hair is 342 uh, hair. The hair. The hair, 3,020. It's okay. I'm with you because you, you were stroking that hair and that one that you were stroking is 538. Jesus says, I know every detail about you. I know where you're at. Don't, don't think that when you're anxious that you're all by yourself because the thoughts towards me are more numbered than the sand of the whole sea. I, there's not even a number that has been invented that could, that could calculate how many thoughts God has towards you in that amount. <sighs> where's, where's, oh, there you are. Let's get the worship team up here. Oh, man. When you're anxious... Your first feeling is, uh, watch this, I'm fighting this by myself. How many times where I've battled worry and I've been all alone and I've been crying out to God and I felt I'm battling all by myself. I feel like this, no one's understanding me and I'm shouting at God and I hear nothing. I've only been there. But the fact is, just because we don't feel it doesn't mean it's not true. One of the things that we have to throw away when it comes to anxiety is how we feel. Throw feelings away because they will never be trusted. Throw them out the window. If if you're only going to pray when you had a good day, some of us will never pray. If you're going to worship only when you had a good time in your family and your job, then that is not the way that God planned it out to be. So, he, so watch this. Now watch this. Here's the second one. And, and, and don't block me out because I'm going to give you a very popular scripture, but I'm going to break this down to help you in these last two areas to overcome anxiety. Watch this. Have peace on purpose. How many want to have peace on purpose? Come on. How many want to say, you know what? I'm going to lay down, grab a cushion, just like Jesus, when all this stuff in my family is happening, and I'm going to go. Watch this. Watch this. In the spirit, in your emotions, in your minds. I would love to see your mind and your emotion and your heart, when you address certain things in your life, snore. Because that's peaceful. Say peaceful. You know how, you mean that's funny? Jesus was sleeping during the midst of the greatest storm of the disciples' life. Oh, Jesus. Are you ready for this? Look at number two. Put number two up. Are you getting something this morning? Discipline is number two. The way to, to overcome anxiety and worry. Disciplining yourself in the practice. I want. I need the whole worship team to start coming up, please. You can still follow on the screens. Disciplining yourself in the practice of rejoicing in the Lord through all things, watch this, and developing a consistent prayer life. Now I'm giving you the spiritual side, okay? I'm not giving you the medical side. Now watch this. This may seem very simplistic, but I want you to see. Look at me, look at me. Sometimes the simplest things are actually the answer. We're all looking for the deep things and God says, No, that that is the deep thing. Yeah, but there's isn't there like five steps to overcome anxiety? Maybe in, in, in a worldly sense, but there's very specific steps. Watch this. When you discipline yourself to have to rejoice, say rejoice this is it's a discipline it's not it doesn't come automatically okay you have to actually discipline yourself to rejoice when all hell is breaking loose storms are not are coming the finances are not there the health is not there the children are not there the family is not all together there your work is not all together there watch watch you have to discipline yourself to say i rejoice in the lord at all times now watch look at look at philippians chapter 4 in in the uh Yeah, in the the New King James, verse 4, and then we're going to jump through 6. Are you ready? Look at this. This is the most popular scripture when it comes to dealing with anxiety and fear and worry. Yet we rush by it, and we don't see that in it, he addresses anxiety, and he actually gives an answer. So in this scripture, God is not only giving you the book, he's giving you the teacher's manual with the red letters in it that says, here's the answer. Oh, 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 when I was a little kid in elementary, I remember the teacher literally gave me all the people the book. Danny, he gave, the teacher gave me, the, the literally one time, and I was in Miami and I wasn't saved. And I got the answers to the book and I was like, and I wrote all the answers right. Right? Because they by mistake gave me the manual. I later, they later found out and then I got in trouble. But man, I I, 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 I watch this. I didn't miss anything in that test because I already have the answers in the book. Jesus gives us not only the question in in Philippians, he gives us the answer. Watch this. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Rejoice in the Lord when I have money in my bank. Rejoice in the Lord when everything's right in my family. Rejoice in the Lord when I feel the presence of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Watch this, watch this. And again, I'm reminding you, when anxiety strikes, start worshiping God. When anxiety strikes, start rejoicing. Watch this. You say, how can you say that? Because if you look at history, Paul, the apostle, was writing the Philippians from jail, from prison. He was in prison. And those prisons are not like the country clubs that we call jails and prisons today. They were messed up holes. They they were very, very lonely, torturous prison cells. that had things around your neck, things around your ankles, all these spikes that you could not even move. And he's writing in his spare time, And not saying, please get me out. Look how bad, look how this is happening to me. Please get the church, get the church to do something. Rejoice in the Lord always. You want to beat anxiety? You want to have peace on purpose? Discipline yourself to rejoice in all things. Now I know that sounds preachy and I know it's hard for you to do. But trust me, when you start doing it, the feeling will come later. We we wait for the feeling first, but sometimes we got to do it without feeling anything, and all of a sudden it will just be a culture in our life where we won't respond, but we will act. Now watch this—not just a couple of verses. Watch this. In everything, he says. Paul, Paul says, "In all things, rejoice." Now, in the next verse, I'm going to give you the last point, number three, to overcome anxiety and um, and fear and worry. This is going to hit home. This last one. Watch and guard your thought life. Be aware of what your mind is intaking every day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that really good. No, no, put that slide back up there. Put that slide back up there because they need, they need to watch and guard your thought life. Everybody, say thought life. Say thought life. Say thought life. And be aware of what your mind is intaking every day. Listen to me, folks. I'm, I'm your family. I'm your pastor. I'm going to say something to help you right now. Listen, they say 80% of a health program is your diet and 20% of your health program is what the gym and workout does. You can't out, outwork a diet program. You can't, listen, you can't um, outtrain a bad diet you can't outwork a bad diet so when people lose weight they will tell you it's not just the hours of the gym because of the people they go to the gym all the time and they never get healthy and they never lose weight but when they start changing what they're intaking in their lives when they start eating better, 80 percent of your health is in the kitchen and 20 percent is in the gym. And people, health experts have said this: You need to keep a food log so that you could track everything that you're intaking in your life, so you could realize what's making you gain weight, anxiety, what's making you have these heavy lows, anxiety, and what's not. But I wonder what our life would look like if we had thought logs. if we're told by health experts to log our food intake and what we take every day today I had a hamburger today I had lettuce today I had spinach but I also had cheesecake do you think your workout program is going to work? because you're not intaking just because you're practicing just because you're believing for something is not going to make it work unless you stop what you're intaking What if you had a thought log and you would log your thoughts? You know what you will see? All the stuff that you are thinking about. You will think, you'll start seeing all the stuff that you're intaking and that even you're believing about your own self. Got quiet up in this Baptist church here. I'm almost done. You know what that means? That means all your spiritual workout, watch this, about praying and fasting. That's the gym. Listen, listen to me. The spiritual gym is our disciplines. The spiritual gym is fasting praying, reading the Word. Come on, somebody. You can talk back at me. These are all workout programs that the Lord has instituted so that we could get strong in the Lord. But if we just pray, and we read the Word, and we fast, and we're doing all the workout problems, and we're not checking our intake. Woo! in our mind then all the work that you're doing in fasting and praying is not going to work out unless you identify your intake those of you who've lost weight you will know that it was not just the gym it was changing your diet you know i'm preaching good some of you guys i know you lost weight and you didn't lose weight just by going to the gym you lost weight by cutting out sweets come on man come on man come on come on come on i'm going over here i'm going over here Rubik's Cuban is over there. He's making me, he's making me look. <laughs> uh, I promise I'm closing. I just want to help you here. Are you ready for this? You want to, you want to know the scripture about the thoughts? Everybody say thoughts. Thoughts. I'm really, I'm really I have two scriptures. Thought, say thoughts. Say thoughts. Say thoughts. Say it loud. Say Thoughts. You have to guard your thoughts and the intake of what's going in here in order for you to deal with anxiety, because anxiety and worry always starts with thoughts. Thoughts. Yes. Philippians 4, if you keep reading, are you ready? Now, dear brothers, that, I, I gave you the rejoice part, just a couple verses after Philippians 4. "Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing: fix your thoughts on what is true. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. On what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about what's true, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Every time we have a negative thought, we're accepting untruths. So that pain in your head, when you think that it's going to be a cancer, that's a negative and untruth. He goes, whatever it's truthful... Whatever is holy, whatever is pure, meditate or think on these things. Are you ready for the last one? Are you ready for the last one? You know how strongholds are? Strongholds are thoughts that build up in your mind. Wait, let me just really clarify this. This is the last scripture that we're going to pray. Strongholds are not just some demonic beings out there. Strongholds, according to Corinthians, are thoughts, listen, that have piled up. Say piled up. Say piled up. Come on, say piled up. That means it's not just one thought that happens. It's not just two thoughts. It's multiple thoughts that that, that we've trained our minds and our life just to happen. And all of a sudden, after the 500th thought or 1,000th thought of the same thing, it becomes a stronghold. It becomes strong, watch this, in in your mind and in your emotions. You know why some of you, it's hard for you to cast those things off? Because they've been there for a while. But it's time to identify them. And every time a thought comes in your, in your life that it's not from the Lord. And see, this is why we need to know the Lord, uh, to know the Word, because sometimes we're believing the, uh, a thought because we don't know the Word. So when we know the Word, we say, wait, that's not from the Lord. That's not from the... That, this is not what's entering my mind right now about me, about my family, about my loved ones, about my ministry, about my calling. If I match it to the Word that I know it's not fitting so what do we have to do do we just say oh my gosh an evil thought just entered my mind lord help me no you cast it down watch this look at that last verse look at that last verse put it up there that last that last scripture in corinthians zach for for though we live in the world now, this is, I think, NLT. I think this is NLT or NIV. This is NIV. Watch this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, our weapons have divine power. To demolish strongholds. Watch this. We demolish arguments or thoughts. Arguments or thoughts. We demolish thoughts and every pretentious thing that sets itself against the knowledge of God. Watch this, watch this, watch this. And we take every captive, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We make it. That means, no, I know it's in there. And let me just say this. Sometimes those thoughts feel good to our flesh. That's why we don't want to cast it out. Sometimes we like to be angry. We want to be anxious. We want to have all this this stuff in our life because we're so used to it. And when it comes in, it's our responsibility to say, you know what? I'm feeling fear now. I'm feeling anxious now. But A, I know the Lord is with me because his word says his thoughts are more in number than the sands of the sea. He's not forgotten about me. What do I do, number two? When I feel anxiety, when I feel worry, I need to shut everybody off. Facebook off. Instagram, Twitter off. Drama off. Come on. Whatever that drama is, just turn it off. TV off. And go into solitude. Mark 1. Jesus, having risen up long before daylight, got up to a solitary place and there he he planned his day. And there he planned the conference coming up. And there he prayed. And then, thirdly, what is your intake? What are you intaking every day? What are you believing about yourself? What are you thinking about that hasn't even happened yet? Get a thought log. Of maybe your, the first 30 minutes of your day because they say we have tens of thousands of thoughts every day maybe if we start having a little bit of a thought log we'll say you know what today I thought about this 20 times and that's unhealthy I thought about I thought about this 13 times and that's unhealthy watch this when you expose it then you can cast it down because what a stronghold is by definition by definition is a fortress of what you built that the enemy is hiding from look at this so let's pretend this pulpit is the enemy is your fears and anxieties that through time you have built up and i'm just chilling right here and i'm bothering you the whole time and i'm hiding behind the stronghold and the fortress you've built in your mind out of your own anxieties but when you address it layer by layer starts coming off and all of a sudden the enemy is exposed for who you really is i want you to stand up know it's a little late but I know this is hitting home I want everyone to close your eyes because God's gonna deal with this the worst thing you could do in a message like this is say this doesn't belong to me this does not apply to me you know what so I, I say this respectfully I'm not saying all your anxiety may may go away in one day because normally that's not the reality I'm just gonna be honest but what I gave you today are tools let me ask you something when you have a flat tire oldie. An- I'm seeing my friend Analdi, I know where he works. He works, you know, repairing cars. He just doesn't think about it and it works. He just It's not a one-time thing. It takes time. It takes time to hammer things out. It takes time to change that tire. It takes time to change those bolts. But watch this. When you have the tools and the education to do it, then that messed up car will turn beautiful. But why is it beautiful? Because someone just prayed for it. Or is it beautiful because someone had the tools to fix it? (laughs) Listen, I'm giving you tools for anxiety. I'm going to pray today. Just a moment. We're going to worship in just a second. Some of you are, are not having peace on purpose because of your job situation. Some of you are not having peace on purpose because of your financial situation. Some of you are not having peace on pers- purpose because of your past or your family or your business. You're not having peace. And peace is something that you deep down inside crave for. Come on, how many, cr- how many really know when you have peace, it feels so good? All hell, li- literally, you could just sit there and everyone's screaming. You could be like, thank God those days are over for me. But for many of you, those days are still currently happening. And you're longing for those days. You're longing for peace. Because anxiety, I'm going to close you now. But listen, i got to drive it home. Some of you are having anxiety uh, and, or worry or fear in your life. And the Lord wants to, want you to make that first step today. He wants you to say, you know what? Let it go. The, 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 the situations may not change, but internally will. Your storm outside may not change, but the storm inside will. Oh, that's a word for somebody. That's a word for somebody. The storm's raging outside, but inside, you're walking on water. That's the goal of peace on purpose. With all eyes closed, I want everyone to to lift up your hands right now. And we're going to worship in just a second. We're going to dismiss in a second. We're going to worship right now. I want us to close your eyes and think about the message today. Do you have anxiety that you say I want is something is almost like an everyday thing for me I know all of us do from time to time but but those that feel like it's something that you battle with you it's a real battle and then in, in a moment we're going to ask you to come and not to, not to, to say that it's going to be a magic thing but to at least say I'm starting the first step which is I'm admitting that I'm going to address these things in my life that's the first step and then the second step is what you do privately Knowing who God is, how his thoughts are for you. Practicing a discipline of prayer and worship. Watch this. And evaluating the intake of the thoughts in your life. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, church, RCC family. If you do these three things, you're on your journey. It may not be completely solved, but you will start sleeping well little by little. As you take, watch this, re-control over your own life. Some of your life is out of control in your emotions oh i feel the holy spirit here there's people weeping right now because you're just tired of this torture anxiety is torturous to your soul god says to the storm in your mind peace be still thank you for tuning into our podcast for more information about us please visit remnantchristiancenter.com